You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups to meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect to their God-given purpose. Last weekend, Pastor Jonathan began a new series called The Call to Character. His main takeaway was that God's ultimate goal for your life is not your comfort, but for your character development. Life groups can be a great way to develop character and also meet people who genuinely care about you and are willing to do life with you. Check out our life group directory at intlfamilychurch.com to find the perfect life group for you. October 6th, we added a fourth service. We're so excited for the opportunity to reach more people and help them encounter the love of Jesus. The new service times are 8.30, 10 o'clock, 11.30 a.m., and 1 p.m. Now here's part two of A Call to Character. Today, are you ready for God's Word? Amen. Be partners with me today. Amen. Be, be on the edge of your seat. Have expectation in your heart, and God will absolutely visit you. Right? If you want something, you're going to get something. If you're here like, oh, well, whatever, I'm just taking up space because somebody invited me. Well, you won't get much. Right? But if you're here wanting to get something, you will never be disappointed today. Amen. We're on a brand new series. This is part two in a six-part series entitled A Call to Character. A Call to Character. This is a series about growing our character by understanding how to develop the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Last week we talked about the what, what is character, why character is so important. If you missed that part, you can go to intlfamilychurch.com, go to our website, media section, everything is archived. You can hear it as many times and watch it as many times as you want to. And so that's there for you. Today, over these next five weeks now, we're going to talk about the how. It's going to take five weeks to talk about how do we do this? How do we grow our character? How do we develop the fruit of the Spirit? Well, let's read about the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 22. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patient kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Man, that's a mouthful, isn't it? See, the good news is that to every follower of Christ... Every person who's opened up their heart to Jesus, and you are now a child of the Most High God, this, what you read today, lives in you. It's been deposited on the inside of you. That's the good news today. See, you'll understand and you'll see that the fruit of the Spirit, the the Spirit is capitalized. That means the Holy Spirit gives. This is not something we conjure up. This is something God, His nature, is deposited in us. It's a supernatural act, and we're grateful for that. And so what God expects from us now is once this is deposited in you, it's not supposed to remain dormant on the inside of us. Now we have to grow it. Now we have to develop it. Now we have to mature it. So God wants there to be more love and joy and peace in your life. He wants there to be more patience, kindness, goodness in your life. He wants there to be more faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in your life. That's his plan. That's his purpose. And so we're very grateful for that. Today I want to talk to you about the fruit of love. Let's get started on these amazing qualities that live on the inside of us. Let's discover, again, how do we grow this amazing quality of love? Here's our big takeaway. Here's the one main truth I want you to go home with today. The fruit of the Spirit is the outward evidence that there has been an inward, invisible change in our lives. 
That's powerful. Amen. Listen, if truly there's been this inward invisible change in you, there should be evidence of it. Does your life have evidence? There needs to be some evidence. If you had to stand trial in a court of law and ask and find out, would there be enough witnesses? Would there be enough people that would get up and say, this is the evidence, the proof that something inward and amazing has happened in this person? I want there to be lots of evidence in our lives. Are you with me today? Everything created bears fruit. That makes sense. Everything God creates should be fruitful. If you look up the words in your Bible, fruit, fruitful, unfruitful, you'll be amazed by how many scriptures there are about this subject and how how many times in different ways the Holy Spirit made it plain to us how important fruit is in our lives. There's a number of references you'll find. For example, in the very beginning of the Bible, here's a great one, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. What a great verse of scripture. If you know anything about the Del Turco story, you know how important this verse of scripture became to us. Three different specialists told my wife that she would never be able to have a baby. This verse, for whatever reason, stuck out to us. We didn't know a whole lot about healing back then. We didn't know a whole lot about our covenant rights back then, right, in the beginning of our lives. But we did find out that it's God's will for us to be fruitful and multiply, and my wife was not fruitful. We believed that verse of Scripture. We stood on it, and we declared that over my wife. And the fourth special she went to, she was pregnant, and we didn't know it. Amen. Amen. Yay. Hello. Is that good? Yeah. A little bit of excitement for me. Yeah. Thank God. Amen. Two beautiful children, one one daughter sitting in the front row here um, and grandbabies. That wouldn't have happened unless we understood it's important to be fruitful. Right. Then who knew she'd become fertile as a turtle and we had to. Anyways, that's another story. Another verse of scripture that really is so good. Jesus makes it so clear, doesn't he? Remain in me and I will remain in you. See, camp out with me. Take up residence in me. Hang with me. Learn to remain in me. For a branch cannot produce fruit in it of it, fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in the vine. Very important. Tremendous benefits when you abide in Christ in your life. One last verse of scripture that says this, Matthew 12, a tree is identified by its fruits. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. What an amazing scripture. A good tree can be recognized by its fruit, and that applies as much to human beings as it does to trees. If it's good for trees, it's good for me. If it's good for trees, it's good for you, right? That's how we know we have character. Amen. That's so important. We are known by our fruit, or we can say we are known by our character. We're not known. As far as God's concerned, we're not known by our gifts. Gifts are important. Gifts are good. Gifts and careers and all these things that we work hard at, very important, no doubt. And indeed, God gives us the ability and he makes deposits in us, absolutely. But we're not necessarily known only by our gifts. As far as God's concerned, humans love our gifts. I mean, we are identified by our gifts and how many letters we have after our name. And they are well-earned, and I'm not negating those at all. But we must make sure we understand God says 
We are known by our what? Our fruit. Our character. That's very important and a very important distinction that we have in this service. Here's a great illustration of this. One day Jesus was coming back from Jerusalem. It was early dawn, early in the morning, and Jesus came, um, and, and it says this in Matthew 21, 18. It says this. It says, he was hungry, and he saw one single, single leafy fig tree above the roadside. He went to it, but he found nothing but leaves on it, seeing that in the fig tree the fruit appears at the same time as the leaves. Interesting, with most fruit trees, if there are leaves, there should be what? Fruit. Well, especially the fig tree. If there are leaves, there should be fruit. Jesus is hungry. He sees this fig tree afar off. He's happy about it, gets excited about it, goes to pick some figs off the tree. The tree has leaves, but no figs. Jesus cursed the tree. Why? Because it was a phony fig tree. Hmm. See, if our lives revolve around church and we have all our Christian bumper stickers and we carry our big Bibles around and, you know, at lunchtime we go off all by ourselves and read our Bibles and, and uh, we're all caught up in our favorite preacher, watching them on YouTube and going to their websites and, and we wear crosses around our necks and we say hallelujah and we shout thank you Jesus. And, and if we do all that and if somebody asks for help and we don't have the time of day to help them, guess what? We are leafy trees with no fruit. What are we? Phonies. Phonies. See, you have to be careful because sometimes, you know, who we are, someone asks us for help and we say, man, can't you see I'm trying to read my Bible here? Somebody wants some help and you say, hey, hey, can't you see I'm trying to pray here. Somebody wants some help. Hey, don't bother me. I'm having a visitation from God. Right? That's not the right example. And Jesus is saying, and he has, he's telling us his attitude about this poor fig tree. You're thinking, man, why is he picking on the fig tree? Why is he making such a big deal about this fig tree? He's trying to talk about fruitfulness here and his value that he places on fruitfulness. People with a spiritual outward appearance, but no fruit are hard to get along with, and they are terrible examples to everyone around them. This series is going to help us make up our mind. What kind of Christians are we? Are we Christians who bear much fruit? Or are we Christians who talk a good talk but don't know how to walk the walk? Are we real or are we phony? Is there some evidence that proves of the fact that, man, there's some serious fruit growing on this tree? I want people to say, Pastor Jonathan and Verna, man, man, they're 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 quality, man. They they they're the real deal. You know, they they preach what they say and they say what they're preaching. They're not one way in front of me and another way in front of somebody else. They're not one way on Sunday morning, but behind closed doors and back at home, they're just someplace different. Now, we don't want that to be said, do we? And thank God that, that, that God enables us to be able to live our lives in such a way. It's important that we bear fruit, yes. It's especially important that if it appears that we have good fruit, that what? It actually is good fruit. Amen. Jesus called the Pharisees a den of poison of snakes. Why? Because they spoke good things, but they have evil in their hearts. He was saying they are phony like a fig tree. I don't want to be leafy with no fruit. How about you? Man, there's too many of them 
too many uh, believers just like that. Man, they do one thing. They're so heavenly minded. They're no earthly good. They don't make any benefits. Oh, they're great around Christians, but they don't know how to let their light shine around people that are far from God. Don't let that be said of us in Jesus' name, right? Man, there's a big challenge here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look what it says. We're Christ. We are Christ's representatives. That's you and me. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into a God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. That's a powerful statement. It's a big responsibility that we have that each one of us should take very seriously. Why is this important? Because we are known to be Jesus followers by how we love one another. And by our fruit, Jesus is known. The Bible says the world will know that we are his disciples by how what? How we love each other. How you love me and how I love you and how you love each other. 60 different nations, four generations, right? All kind of um, of financial brackets here, my Lord, from all around the world. Man, it's a witness to the world when we can really love each other, care for each other, amen? That's what has attracted us, many of you, to hear because we do our very best to do this, amen? So that's important that we love one another, but it's really our fruit that people see that now Jesus is known. I want my fruit to be sweet. How about your, you, right? I don't want to have green fruit. And we can have good fruit in one area because we've worked on that area, and green, tasteless fruit that's unpickable in another area, amen? So we need to learn that we need to grow in this and understand God's plan for our lives. Amen. See, Galatians 5.22, that first part says the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. It's love. So understand here, fruit here is singular. And the reason it is singular, amen, because there is only but one fruit. It's the fruit of love. Wait a minute. I'm confused. I thought there were nine fruits of the Spirit. No, there's only one. It's love with eight manifestations of love. Here's a great example. Piece of fruit, like an orange, right? This is a great example of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Love, the whole thing. Peel this and what do we have on the inside? Different segments that we get to eat, right? That's a picture of the fruit of the Spirit. So today we're going to talk about the fruit of love. Today is the fruit of love. So we understand how encompassing, how amazing, and how our top priority must be the fruit of love in our lives. Amen. Now, there is no, there is only one fruit, but many manifestations of that fruit. Well, the New Testament has a lot to say about the importance of love. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. But earnestly desire and zealously cultivate the greatest and best gifts and graces, the higher gifts and the choices graces. So there's nothing wrong with gifts, and yet I will show you a still more excellent way, one that is better by far and the highest of them all. What is it? Love, absolutely. So where does love fit in your list of spiritual priorities? I pray it's right at the top. 
If it's not, this series is going to go a long ways to make sure that love is your top priority, that love is number one in your lives, because it must be. The best example of this is, is, is Jesus goes on to say, and he commands uh, to the Pharisees in Matthew 22, he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The reason why he gave the summarizing of all the law in two commandments, because love fulfills the whole law. Understand anything about the law in the Old Testament? There were hundreds of laws for everything and dietary and how they lived and how they did everything about their life. And Jesus said, I'm coming now to fulfill that. Love is what fulfills the entire law. Love, all the commandments and all that the prophet said hangs on this one commandment. Amen. And we're grateful for that. The fruit of love. See, the fruit of love here, the fruit of love manifests. Number one, by you loving God with all your heart. Notice it's consuming here, right? Notice, man, it requires all of our attention. It requires everything about it. Why? Because if not, selfishness creeps in. So easy to be selfish, yeah, right? So easy. They say selfishness has a thousand faces. Why? Because it's everywhere. It's, it hides itself, and, it's, and it gets into our lives and our mindset, and we, we, get, we were raised up in selfish homes, and we were learned, learned how to be selfish, and so it needs to be something that, that absolutely is, is consuming the love of God. So we let, we love God, the fruit of love says, we love God, and then we got to take another step and let God love us. That's harder for some people. We feel unworthy. Why would I? I can't. I, I, yeah, I know he loves me unconditionally, but how do I love him back? I feel so bad about myself, and I have so many skeletons in my closet, and I can't forgive myself for so many things. But that's where the fruit of love stops. It has to start with me loving God, letting him love me, and what happens? Healing comes to me. I become healed from shame and guilt. I become healed from inferiority, uh, uh, anxiety, worry, uh, you know, self-doubt, all these things that, that destroy who I am, my self-esteem. And that makes me a better person, which enables me then to what? To love my neighbor as myself. To the degree that I can love myself is to the degree that I'll love others. If I can't love myself, I'm not going to do a very good job in loving others. But I want to focus today on loving one another, loving others. Let's find out some things today, because the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, he said, faith, hope, love. Man, those are the three biggies, aren't they? Three big themes in the Bible. Man, each one of those are powerful. Amen. But the greatest of these is what? He could have said faith, but he said love. Hope is powerful, but love is the number one. Love should be number one on your spiritual priority list. It took me quite a few years for me to recognize that should be number one priority. Here I was in my mid-20s, a brand new pastor. My wife and I weren't married that long. And here I was thinking power was the thing I needed as a young pastor. Gifts that would draw people, that's what I need. I need a, a powerful personality and so forth. It took me years to recognize my priorities were all off. The commitment I made to make the fruit of love my number one quest has been the greatest Christian experience of my life. It was the greatest decision I could have ever made. 
when I made the fruit of love my number one quest and my number one aim, amen, I would encourage you, it needs to be number one for you because from that, everything else falls into place. From that, everything else in life makes sense. From that, healing and wholeness takes place in your marriage, in your, in your walk with God, in, in your heart, in your soul. Whatever is broken, man, the healing power of God's love is enormous in our lives. Why is that so important? Because love not only blesses others, it also blesses the one doing the loving. My wife and I have committed ourselves to, to, do, to, to love others, to love each other, love God, love our family, love you. Man, it's a challenge, absolutely, but it stretches us, and, and it keeps selfishness out of our lives. It really does. There's no room for selfishness when you realize love is something that you commit yourself to on a regular basis, and I would encourage you to do that. And here's the best news for each of us today. Romans 5, 5 says to each one of us who are followers of Christ, God's love is already in us. Amen. It's on the inside of you, helping you not only love God and love yourself, but love others. Tell your neighbor, it's in you. So you might not realize it's in you, but it's in you. God would never make that deposit in you. And God would never allow you to go through things in your life if you didn't have the goods that it took for you to be able to walk in this fruit of love. It might be green fruit for you. Maybe it's sweet fruit for you, and maybe others are green. But, but this first one is so vital and so important that we understand how to develop this because Romans 5, 5 tells us, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. That's the God kind of love. It's in you. And when you're being stretched, you got to know it's in you. And the Holy Spirit wants to put you in certain situations where you got to make a choice. Do I let it out? Do I mature it? Do I practice it? Do I learn from it? Do I pray about this? Do I study this? Because it is absolutely the, the key thing that will change everything in your life. Amen. Now, since this ability is already in us, how do we do this? What's some practical steps on doing this? Well, Romans 12, verse 9. Everybody still with me? Yes. Say, I'm with you, Pastor. Look at this. Romans 12, 9 says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. Let's key in on that. In honor giving preference to one another. Man, that's so good. The God kind of love prefers one another. There's something we need to practice on a daily basis and get really, really good at this. I love the word prefer. It's from the Greek language. It's a, it's a unique meaning, meaning it says to go before and take the lead. See, we need some folks to take the lead. Right. We need some folks that aren't afraid to lead in this area because the Bible challenges us to take the lead in this area. Many people are lagging behind. Many people now, there's no way I want to love him or her. There's no way. They're too different than me. All right? We're so far apart. You know what they did to me? You know what's going on? That might be harder to love certain people, but there, there's still this understanding that the fruit of love must operate in each one of our lives. Amen. Take the lead. Take the lead in preferring and honoring one another. Set the example. Be proactive. Philippians chapter 2 goes on to say this, verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, 
If any comfort from his love, anything good's been happening to you because you know Jesus as your Lord. If any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, man, your life has changed. If any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Man, it's there again. And there are so many others I can say. You could read that verse and say, well, I've heard people say, well, pastor, I'm better than them. No, you're not getting it. That's not what the fruit of love does. It's wrong to say I'm better than them. I, just because you might make more money or, or you have a nicer house or you're not as different or you're this or they're that. Man, to say I'm better than them is obviously proof there's not much evidence that the fruit of love is working in you. Amen. I should get a better amen than that. Amen. amen. See, a person's position, how much money they make, their age, their sex, their race, their accent, their education, their neighborhood has nothing to do with how you should treat that person. Absolutely not. Nothing to do with how you should treat that person. We got to get over that fact. And for somehow you think you're better than that person. It's all over the internet. Men, the voices that are screaming that, that we're better than this people group or that people group or, or, or these folks or whatever. And man, we're so far from the truth. And none of that matters because love just goes ahead and values others. Love just goes ahead and considers others. Love just goes ahead and prefers others and honors others and treats others better than themselves. It's not about better that matters. Amen. What matters is love. Love is what matters. Philippians 2.4 says this, abandon every display of selfishness. Man, just run away from it. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. Wow. Another definition of prefer simply means to choose one over another. I like illustrations. I usually take them from everyday life. I'm a pretty simple preacher. I, I, I live a simple life. I'm not very complicated. Um, and I don't mean that as a dig on me. I'm just, I like you know, these pithy statements that, that get locked in my mind. They give me a picture. I'm very visual as a person. And so I like to take examples that are very simple, but man, they can turn around and bless us. Here's how I learned how to do this. Here's the picture God gave me when I learned that I needed to learn how to prefer one another. I thought that would be a good idea if I'm going to be a pastor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> would you agree? Yeah, you think? Um, so I'm on this long international flight. I'm not sure where I'm going. I'm sure it's someplace in West Africa. And I'm on this long flight. The flight attendant comes up to me and says, sir, do you prefer chicken or beef? So I say, well, today I think I prefer chicken. Now, when I pick chicken, guess what? Beef doesn't get picked. One gets picked. The other one doesn't get picked. Later on in the flight, a flight attendant comes up and says, sir, do you prefer coffee or tea? What do we do? Because I pick one, the other one's not going to get picked, right? You pick one, and the other one doesn't get picked. Follow me now. Listen. So who do you, what do you prefer? Do you prefer coffee or tea? Chicken or beef? You or me? Understand how powerful this point is today. Because listen. If you prefer you, then I don't get picked. 
if I prefer me, then guess what? You don't get picked. Now, how many understand that when Jesus hung on the cross, they mocked him? The religious leaders proclaimed, ah, he's, he saved others, but he can't even save himself. They thought that was a negative. They thought that was a detriment. They thought that that disqualified him. But that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the power of the gospel. Jesus could have called 10,000 angels down and saved himself. Jesus could have picked himself. But thank God he didn't pick himself. Listen very carefully. If he would have picked himself, he could have picked himself and relieved himself from all the pain and suffering he was experiencing. But if he would have picked himself, all of us would have been left out and lost. Aren't you glad he didn't pick himself? Aren't you glad he opened up those arms of love and said, I'll die for you. I'll prefer you over me. I'll pick you instead of picking me, because in picking you, you have a life to live. You have a future to live. You have something good that can happen to you. It's all a matter of preferring one another. Thank God for that today. Listen, every day you have a choice to make. Is it going to be me or is it going to be you? Every day, all day long. Am I going first or are you going first? Am I going to acknowledge your opinion or am I going to think only my opinion matters? Am I going to serve my spouse or only expect my spouse to serve me? Am I going to meet the needs of others or just expect my needs to be met? Am I going to be moved more by the color of your skin or by the quality and character of your heart? Every day we have a choice to make. This is what the fruit of love does. The fruit of love makes a choice for you. The fruit of love realizes that in order for God's best to happen in our lives. We must learn how to prefer one another. But the question begs to be asked, Pastor, if I'm always preferring others, what about me? What about my needs? What about my dreams? What about the things that I need? What about my healing? What about the things going on in my heart that needs to be settled? Remember, there's no fear in love. Love knows how to plant seed. Love knows how to trust God. That as I bless God, as I bless others, God will always see to it that my needs will also be met. Seed time and harvest. Given it shall be given unto you. Listen, Jesus set the example when he said, I pick you. And God took care of him. We are not greater than our master. And as I pick you, as I value and prefer you, God will always take care of me. Amen. Let me tell you something. When you commit yourself to the fruit of love, your needs will always be met. I'm amazed how few times I ask God for certain things. Oh, I don't, don't, I do. The Bible says go ahead and ask and keep on asking and knock and keep on knocking and search and keep on searching. There's nothing wrong with asking, but I'm amazed that the more I commit myself to the fruit of love, I'm amazed what comes back to me. I'm amazed at what comes back to my family. I'm amazed the favor and the blessing of God and the goodness of God that always happens in my life. That's the fruit of love. Love values others. Love prefers prefers others. Love helps others. Love serves others. Love honors others above yourself. And the more you do that, and the more you practice that, the fruitier you become. Here when it's good to be a fruit, you fruity thing you. Amen. Right? 
Here's when it's good to have ripe fruit. Nobody wants to eat green fruit. Nobody buys green fruit unless they, you know, are bananas and you put them someplace else to, to get ripe or something, right? We like sweet fruit. We want to be sweet. Amen. I want to be sweet in my fruit. And so here's where we begin to develop yielding and learning to bless others. Man, husbands, you need to practice this. Wives, you need to practice this. Young adults, you need to practice this. Our children need to practice this. Spouse on spouse and families to families and parents to their children and vice versa and friend to friend and and saved one to lost one. We need to learn how to prefer. And when we learn how to do this and you do the right choice, I pick you, it never fails that God will always come through for you. I know this is challenging. I'm not suggesting everyone right now in your life, you have the ability to prefer, but you can start somewhere, right? And the key to this is just to say, Lord, I need to grow in my love. I want the fruit of love to mature in me. I want to be sweeter than I am. I want my love to be so so good that people are always making a demand on my love, always picking my fruit. You say, Pastor, people are always picking on me. Well, that's good. You want them to pick on you. You want them to pick your fruit. If they're not picking your fruit, it's not worth eating. And you're going to learn in this series, fruit is not just for you. Fruit is for you. It benefits you, but it far benefits others in your life. The fruit of the Spirit is for you, no doubt, but the fruit of the Spirit very much so is for other people to enjoy. Let's grow this fruit. Let's make a choice to say, I'm ready to take it to the next step. I need to grow in love. You might need to put other people aside right now that you cannot love them. You're not capable of it yet, but you sure can practice on somebody else. What I love about IFC is we are one big living laboratory. You practice on me, I'll practice on you, we practice on each other, and that's how we will learn to grow and develop this fruit. It takes somebody to be proactive. It takes effort, amen, to walk in the fruit of love. What was our big takeaway? The fruit of the Spirit is an outward evidence that there has been an inward, invisible change in our lives. I want IFC to be known as we have evidence growing all over the place. Our trees are so laden with sweet fruit that the world comes around and says, man, I'll take a piece of that. I need that. I need that. I need that. And why not? That's how we are the living, thriving body of Christ to the world today. Did you learn something? Come on, let's stand to our feet today. Oh, Father, we bless you today, Father. We lift our hands to you and we say how grateful we are that you patiently love us, that you don't give up on us, you don't quit on us. You're always there. And we're grateful for that. Even our darkest hours, you're loving us. Even when we're so far from you and we feel so far from you, you're still there putting your big arms of love around us. I pray, Father God, that not one person will leave this place today without feeling those amazing arms of love around you today. Loving you through this season. Loving you through this difficulty. Loving you through maybe a very dark season in your life. 
but God loves you today. He wants you to have evidence. And Father, we commit ourselves to grow and develop the fruit of the Spirit. It might not be easy, but it'll be very much worth it all because of your great love for us. With every eye closed, everybody praying today, I want to make sure that Jesus lives in your heart today. The only way to start the spiritual adventure, the only way to, to have this deposit in your heart, this love of God, this, this fruit of love in your heart, it all starts with Jesus today. Those of you that know Him as Lord and Savior, man, I thank God it's already in there today. It really is. And you need to grow it and develop it and opportunities will come your way. If you're, not, if you're here today, you'll say, Pastor, I need this Jesus. Pray for me, please. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, not to embarrass you, not to call you forward. I'm not going to do any of that. Your hand signifies your intentionality. I'm ready for this. I need this. I can't do this on my own. I need, I need God's help. Jesus loves you today. He cares so much about you that he suffered. He died. He shed his blood for you and died. And the good news, he didn't stay dead. He's alive and well. And he wants to come live in your heart today. You're hearing you say, Pastor, that's me. I need this Jesus today. I want to start my spiritual journey. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high so I know who you are today? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see it over there. Thank you right here. God bless you. Thank you over in the back. Good for you. Thank you back there. God bless you. Thank you. I see it over here on the side. Thank you. I see back there. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. I see it. How awesome. Every service, man, hands have gone up. Yes. Ushers are pointing over here. Where are you? Over here. Yes. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Awesome. Who else today? Raise it up nice and high. Thank you. I see it back there. I see it. Yep. Thank you. I see it. Awesome. How wonderful today. Miracles are happening in the house today. The miracle of salvation. The miracle of brand new beginnings. The miracle of forgiveness. The miracle of a brand new start. How wonderful is that today? Anybody else today before we pray? We're all going to pray one big prayer in a moment, all of us together. I would encourage you, those who know Christ today, make a decision. Make it your action step today as you leave this place. I'm going to grow my love. I'm going to prefer. I'm going to honor. I'm not going to pick me next time. Let's, let's try this. Let's pick somebody else and watch what God will do for you. Let's pray this prayer together. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. I'm tired of being the boss of me. I need you, Jesus. Forgive me for my sin. I declare you as my Lord. I surrender under your Lordship. You are now the boss of me. I receive by faith forgiveness, eternal life, salvation. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.